All right, let's go ahead and take our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 22 tonight. Just give me one moment here. My slide's up. Proverbs chapter number 22. Someone once observed that a wasted life is really nothing more than a collection of wasted days. As God gives us life, each one of us starts the new year with the same number of opportunities, 365 of them. Actually, next year, 366. It's a leap year. Amen? That we can choose to either use and invest in the eternal things or allow uh, to drift by without taking advantage of the gift we've given. The difference between those who succeed and those who fail is not found primarily in talent, but in diligence. And effort, diligence, and effort. You know, one of the most significant character qualities found in people who have accomplished anything in life, it doesn't matter what genre of life you're talking about, sports, music, business, ministry, you name the genre, and this is a common, significant quality, character quality each person had. And it's diligence. Diligence. Another way we might put it is that they were simply hard workers. Hard workers. And these are people who are not afraid to work hard and don't give up, and over time they receive the fruit of their labor. The Bible commends a diligent or hard-working person. And tonight we're going to look at the Proverbs and see what, kind of, what it means to be a diligent person and what the opposite is. Tonight, are we... Have we been diligent in whatever we're doing in life? We should be. And if we are, then there is a sure reward. Proverbs 22, verse 29 will be our kind of our springboard verse into the study tonight. It says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings. We're going to continue our series tonight, Wisdom from the Word, is we're going to deal with the subject of diligence. Diligence. And I hope each one of us has that kind of a, a heart here tonight. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this night of study from thy Word. I do pray that each and every one of us would be diligent people. Help us, O Lord, to use our time while we're here in a diligent manner. And may you get all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as my opening illustration alludes to, the great divide uh, between those who accomplish or build anything in life and those who don't hinges significantly on their work ethic. It really does. It comes down to their work ethic. Their work ethic. You know, there are people today, and I've known people who have great potential, great talent, but yet their work ethic was poor, and they never fulfilled the potential that they might have. I remember knowing people while I was growing up and had great potential in sports and did well, but they just didn't have the same work ethic as others and didn't go as far as their potential could have taken them. But then you have people on the flip side you that may have what we might call limited talent or not as much uh, obvious potential, but have great work ethic, and they often exceed their potential because of this thing of diligence that we're talking about. Though he would later be acclaimed as one of the greatest inventors of history, Thomas Edison's school career lasted about three months. 
The teacher believed he was incapable of learning anything and sent him home. Edison's mother, however, homeschooled him, and he was on his way to a lifetime of overcoming what seemed to be insurmountable obstacles. Among his most famous inventions were the commercial incandescent light bulb, the phonograph, and the fluoroscope. Most of his inventions required months, if not years, of dedication to overcoming obstacles before seeing any results. In a 1921 interview, Edison described his persistence this way. After we had conducted thousands of experiments on a certain project without solving the problem, one of my associates, after we had conducted the crowning experiment and it had proved a failure expressed discouragement and disgust over our having failed to find out anything i cheerfully assured him that we had learned something for we had learned for a certainty that the thing couldn't be done that way and that we would have to try some other way very few things of lasting significance and value are achieved without overcoming serious obstacles the story of almost every overnight success is actually the story of someone continuing to persevere in the face of great difficulty and disappointment. And that's what diligence really sums up, a hard worker that perseveres. And that's what Edison was. His life was all about that. And we benefit today <laughs> in a lot of ways from Mr. Edison's diligence and influence in our society way back when. There was a there was a well-known basketball player that was killed tragically here a few years ago. His name was Kobe Bryant. Maybe you've heard of Kobe Bryant before. He's probably one of the one of the top basketball players to, to ever play the game of basketball. And I didn't know this much about him until after he had died. But uh, he he was known for having a a work ethic that was next to legendary. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe some of the things that came out about him and the intensity of the workouts. I mean, he w- he put his contemporaries to shame. And uh, even some of the all-stars he played with and, and some of the people that he played with on the USA uh, Olympic teams, I mean, these were these were all-star people. They, they had they had arrived pretty well, but he, he would do things as far as workouts, and he had an obsession of learning anything and everything. I mean, it was, I was quite impressed with that. He once said this, I have nothing in common with lazy people who blame others for their lack of success. Great things come from hard work, ethic, and discipline, uh, and discipline were un, or, excuse me, and perseverance, no excuses. There was another well-known athlete, his name was Jerry Rice, and some of you may remember Jerry Rice. He was, he played for the San Francisco 49ers. He was, a, he was during the years of Joe Montana and, and some of those types of players. He was considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wide receiver ever to play the game. His work ethic and discipline were unmatched. In an article written about him, uh, the, the author writes, the, the difference was the work ethic and the discipline that Rice exhibited for 20 years. Rice said that was the thing that separated me from other players. I never wanted anything handed to me. I wanted to prove myself every year. I was always there and ready to go to work. You know, these are just a few examples of people, well-known people, who in their genre of life didn't make excuses, instead rolled up their sleeves and got to work with the talent and the abilities that God gave them. And the results spoke for themselves in their particular fields. And you look at any field that you, you want to talk about, I, and I'll tell you the, the defining difference between the success, people who succeed and make a difference, and those that don't, even though they have the talent and the ability, is their work ethic. Their discipline and their work ethic. And uh, and it comes out over the course of time. So many people bemoan their lives, but how many are willing to put put in the effort and work at whatever they are doing. In fact, we as God's people are called to be diligent people. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Or 
Another good word is just simply diligence. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it with all your might. In other words, we ought to work hard at whatever it is that we are we are doing, whatever we, we involve ourselves in. And, and, multiple, and we're all, each one of us are involved in multiple things in life, aren't we? Of course, we're, we're involved in our jobs. We ought to be a hard worker at our job. Uh, uh, we are, a lot of us have families. We ought to be, uh, work hard at our marriages and work hard with our children to try to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, ministry wise, you know, you ought to give God your best, whatever ministry you're doing from music to grounds, to cleaning, to, uh, to witnessing, whatever it is your hand is doing, do it with all your might. A diligent person will do that. And across the spectrum of their life, not just one area, but all areas. That they're, that they're doing. And tonight we'll see from the scriptures, particularly here from Proverbs, some things about this wonderful character quality that will make the difference of who we are as people and the things that we can accomplish for the glory of God. First off, let's talk about the difficult repercussions. Now, the opposite of diligence the Proverbs addresses is this word slothful or slothfulness or sluggard. You don't want to be considered any of that. The Proverbs has nothing positive to say about a slothful person. A slothful person. And we'll notice some difficult repercussions a slothful person will face if that is what they choose to have in their own personal life. Number one, life will be difficult. Now life itself, even for the hard worker, is challenging. It's, it's difficult. Life on planet Earth is challenging for some more than others. The Bible says the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together for now. Life is challenging. Life is difficult. The thing is, you and I have to choose, are we going to face a difficult life a better way by being diligent? Or are we going to do it face life the wrong way and be slothful? Again, life is difficult regardless, but they who are slothful make their lives harder than they have to be. That's what it comes back to. Your life will be harder than it has to be. Go to Proverbs 15. Proverbs chapter number 15. We'll start looking at some verses here. It says here in Proverbs 15, verse 19, The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. The way of a righteous man is like a, is equated to a hedge of thorns. In other words, have you ever run through a, a bunch of bushes or a bunch of thorny uh, things? My grandparents used to have lilac bushes, lots of them, large ones that were by their property. And occasionally we'd try to cut through there and you kind of tended to get scraped up a little bit. Now a hedge is, you know, a thorny bush and it's like uh, the way of a slothful person is like walking through a thorny bush. They get beat up. They get beat up on a variety of areas of their lives because of the decision they've made to be lazy. Let's go to Proverbs chapter number 13. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. That's pretty basic, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had a million dollars. Okay. Are you going out there to work at that? Right? The soul of slucker, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. More about that a little later. But but notice, they, they, they desire, but they don't have anything because they haven't worked for it. Look, look at Proverbs 29. 
or excuse me, 19, and verse 15. It says here, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. The Bible does say in another spot, they that will not work shall not eat, right? And that's what that, that, that comes uh, to play here in Proverbs 19.15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. It, it, it speaks of the laziness. You know, can't get out of bed type of mentality. Oh, I can't get up. You know, it's noon. Oh. God help us. You know, Proverbs 20, verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Oh, it's too cold outside. You know, oh, the weather isn't perfect. You mean it's not 72 and and a little breezy? You know, it's not room temperature for you? Anything about, anything you realize, if you work outside at all, it can be cold, it can be perfect, and it can be blistering hot. Uh, those of you going to Thailand, you just wait. It's going to be blistering hot over there. All right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you do your best. But here, the slugger, just, he's an excuse maker. Proverbs 21, verse 25. It says here, The desire of the slothful killeth him. Why? For his hands refuse to labor. Boy, that's a, that's a very cut and dry statement. His hands just refuse to labor, so his desire is just killing him. Oh, I just wish I had this. You could, if you work. So life will be difficult, much more than it has to be. Number two, they're actually under bondage. Go to Proverbs 12, verse 24. And this is the saddest thing yet because it's a bad cycle that that ends up happening for the sluggard. Proverbs 12, verse 24, it says, The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Did you know that a slothful spirit is one that is mentally enslaving? It is. A person lacking a work ethic will depend upon the generosity of others or the state. And that never ends well. It never ends well. Proverbs 12, verse 27, uh, it says here, The slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting. In other words, he's dependent upon somebody else to provide for his needs. Well, what if somebody else doesn't come through? Or what if you tick somebody else off and then they don't provide for you? I mean, this, this is a... A nasty place to get. A person with this mentality will be enslaved also into changing their ways. It's, it's like they're too lazy to get out of their laziness. So, so you got this cycle of uh, destructiveness. Their own slothfulness hinders them getting out of it until they were willing to change their ways. It's a, psych, it's a circle of continual defeat until they change. And, and, and it's so sad when you when you have that situation, because a slothful person has bad character, and if it's been etched into their being, it takes a lot of work to get out of that. And that's a that's a rough go. Number three, they're wasteful. Look at Proverbs 18, Proverbs 18, verse nine. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. Why are they so wasteful? Because they didn't have to. They didn't work for it. They have no personal investment in it, and and hence there's no heart attachment there. Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." And if you work for that treasure, your heart's going to be attached. If you didn't work for it, you can take it or leave it. Number three or number four, they're destructive. Actually, Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, verse number 30. 
It says here, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well and I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want is an armed man. Have you ever seen a garden that's just beautifully and immaculately put together? We've got some neighbors that honestly, I swear, they are constantly working on their property. And it looks very, very nice. And um, then you got somebody, you, you drive by some areas, and, well, it's just not quite that way, right? Do you think that the garden and the walls and all that kind of stuff, well, do you think that uh, just magically grows like that and just stays like the weeds don't grow and and all those walls stay in place no that takes work upkeep right and that's the whole point if you don't have upkeep in life i don't care if you're talking about garden or whatever because a person's too slothful to do it you're eventually gonna life is gonna look like a mess property might look like a mess too i don't know (laughs) You know, it's 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 it is what it is. There's there's a lesson to be learned here. That you know, slothfulness doesn't produce orderliness. It actually leads to destructiveness. Number five, they're undependable. Go to Proverbs 10:26. Proverbs 10:26. It says here. As vinegar to the teeth and, to, and as smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to them that send him. You ever gotten smoked in your eyes? Mm, that doesn't feel good, does it? Or try to drink vinegar? Or maybe you had apple cider vinegar. I've, I, I've in the past have had a glass of water and then put a couple of things of, of apple cider vinegar and, and drank it. I know, I know everyone's jealous of that. But uh, you know what? That can get kind of tart, right? It's like, ooh, kind of got a bite to it. Well, that's what, that's what a slothful person is when you send them. You ever, you ever given a slothful person a job and then it's like you follow up, you know, past the deadline and find out, oh, you know, I haven't done it yet. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I, I guess he can't depend on you, right? That's a, that's a bad place to be where people can't depend upon you to finish a job. And uh, it, it gets painful. It's like a bite, especially if it's something that's significant. Number six, they lack motivation. Go to Proverbs 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. It says, Go to the end, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. I love how the proverb says this. Which have no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? It, it talks about here about being wise, being a planner, having motivation. In other words, seeing the future and realizing, you know, that you know, winter is coming, if you will. And and, and the and the and the writer of the Proverbs is saying here, get up, you know, get to work. But they're but this person lacks motivation. Go to Proverbs 19, Proverbs 19, and verse number 15. It says here, slothfulness casteth into it a deep sleep. Right? Again, the, uh, this is the one that you can't get out of bed. And, uh, and uh, again, they lack motivation. Look at verse 24. 
A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom and will not as much, so much as bring it to his mouth again. <laughs> you know, oh, going to do it. I'm like, it's not that they can't do it, it's that they won't do it. And there's a big difference. You know what, there are some people who can't do this kind of stuff, literally, but they are hard workers with what they can do. It's, a, it's actually kind of sobering when you, when you think of that. It's like sometimes we have, oh, I've got an excuse, and you see people who have far, le- have far more to excuse, for excuse, and yet they, they, they sometimes outshine some people. A soft man hide his hand in his bosom will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Look at Proverbs 25, 21, verse 25. Again, the desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. He just doesn't want to do it. has no motivation in life than to pleasing him or herself. Look at Proverbs 24, verse 14. Proverbs 24, verse 14. Let's see here. So shall thy knowledge... Oh, I don't have that. That's the wrong verse. Bummer. Okay, I think we get the point though in the other verses. It lacks motivation. Number six, this is a big this is a big indicator of a slothful person sometimes. It's they, they are notorious excuse makers. Notoriously. Now sometimes excuses come up, whatever, but but honestly they're constantly making excuse why they can't do something or didn't finish something or can't uh, or this and that or don't want to be involved in something. They're just always ex- making excuses. Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. In other words, here's his excuse. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Uh, he won't. He, he's got an excuse, and he's sticking to it. Proverbs 22, 13. 22.13, the slothful, the slothful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. He's got an excuse. There's a lion out there. I can't, get out, I can't go out to work today. There's a lion in the street, right? Can't get that done today. Proverbs 26, Proverbs 26 and verse 13, it says here, the slothful man saith again, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. Let's skip to verse 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. In other words, he's got so he's got all the wisdom, you know, he's got all the excuses racked up here, and it doesn't it doesn't matter how much how much reasoning you can give him, he's already convinced in his own mind. I like verse 14. I I didn't read that one. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the one of the tr- tr- true marks of a slothful person is that they can't get out of bed. They're constantly, oh, you know, just whatever. I think we all struggle every once in a while, but you know what? It's it just like the the slothful is constantly having bedtime problems. Why? Because the laboring, uh, the the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. The Bible says, and the slothful can't sleep. It's a, I mean, it, it, that's what the Bible says. So that's what we're going with. Life for the slothful will be one disappointment after another of their own making. You know, we have leaders today that like to coddle that mentality because it advantages them to do so. 
But no one is pulled out of poverty or can overcome obstacles and adversities of life with a sluggard spirit. And often they don't like being told that. But their lives will never change for the better until they change their work ethic. And that's the whole point tonight. See, I want things to be better in my life. Work at it. Work at it. And they will. It may take some time. You may have a hole to dig out of. But if you work at it, you'll get, you'll get far further than sitting there claiming and crying and using excuses for why you and I are in the position that we are. Anyone who has ever made anything out of their lives, regardless of what privilege they may or may not have had, have done so working. In fact, some with privileges have wasted them because of a bad work ethic too. It hinges on that. And there are difficult repercussions for the slothful man or woman. Secondly, let's talk about the diligence resolve. Now, the Bible champions the resolve of a diligent person because God honors hard work. He honors it. God is the blesser of life. You know, remember what Job said when he lost everything? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. So he's the blesser, right? He's the one that, that allows us to, to attain certain things as he watches our, our work ethic. Say, so I, I, how... I'd like to get a raise at my job. Work hard, and God will touch your boss. Well, my boss is difficult. God is bigger than your boss. Start believing him instead of what you see. See, God's the blesser of life. You you see that all over Scripture. He's the, the switch, if you will. And he will bless... The, the diligent person in very special ways. The champions of the Bible were all diligent people. Every last one of them. Joseph. Joseph was extremely diligent. He was industrious. And that's why even when, when he had things stacked against him, and whenever he had things that were didn't go his way, and he had a lot of bad things happen to him, being sold into slavery by his brothers, accused wrongfully by a, a wicked woman that cast him into a dark, dirty, dingy prison cell, but everywhere he went, he just continued to work hard. Is there any wonder that God eventually put him up top there in Egypt? Let's stop this, oh, poor me mentality and roll up our sleeves. David, he was diligent too. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he really went to town building that kingdom. And even while he was on the run for Saul for many years, he was still a very diligent man. Solomon was very diligent. Boy, he took, he took his father's plans to build that temple and he ran with it. And he built a beautiful complex and strengthened Israel. Of course, Jesus, boy, he, he, you couldn't uh, match his work ethic. He was always serving, always putting others first, even when he was tired at times. And then there was Paul. Boy, Paul, before he was saved, was a very diligent anti Christ Pharisee. But when he got right, he took that he took that motivation and he put it in the right direction and he became the greatest propagator of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't get away from Paul's work ethic. And then there there's you know, I, I think of gals like Ruth. Oh, Ruth was a great gal. I mean she she didn't have much, but what she had, she worked, and is it any wonder she ended up in Boaz's field and got married to a very wealthy man. God took care of all that. But you know what? 
She had great character, and she didn't use their, all these excuses and feel sorry for me attitude, did she? And you can, you can go through the scriptures and you see that all the time with these people. What does the Bible say about a diligence resolve? Number one, there will be prosperity. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich prosperity. Now, unless someone does something illegal, immoral, and makes money their God, wealth attainment isn't a bad thing. It's not. There's nothing wrong with attaining wealth unless you make it your God or else you're doing wrong things to attain it. Did you know that most millionaires today are people who have simply worked hard, saved their money, invested wisely, and didn't use excuses? You say, oh, don't millionaires, don't they drive BMWs and, and uh, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and have yachts? That's the ultra-rich. Most millionaires, you'd be surprised what some millionaires actually look like. Some of them, they never even up their lifestyle. They still drive their car that's old. And you know what? A lot of them are still married to the same people. You know, it's funny. Some of the statistics I've read about those that are millionaires. I'm talking about somebody who's got $1 million in, in, in assets. Yeah. That's all as a result of diligence. Their diligence paid off in prosperity in differing ways. Nothing wrong with that because guess what? You can use that to bring glory to God. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Number two, they're promotable. Look at Proverbs 12, verse 24. It says here, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Now, bearing rule, it means they're in leadership of some type. They're promotable. People in positions of leadership are there because they have worked to get there. They've shown some sort of capacity to oversee and to do well. And good leaders are always hard workers. Now, there are poor leaders, and I'm talking when I talk about poor leaders, they manage very poorly. There are, there are people who are good leaders that are leading in bad directions, but they're still good leaders if you would take they're using the right principles just in the wrong ways. But 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 you you can, you do have leaders today that are poor leaders and they do exist and sometimes they get in those positions out of this out of just because there's nobody else or or maybe they, there was somebody pulled their strings but they're often poor workers and it comes out in the way that they lead but a, a hard worker will be promotable they'll be promotable you want to be promoted at your job work hard whatever your hand is found to do. It doesn't matter if you're making burgers at Burger King or pumping oil out of an oil shaft or or cleaning a house. Hey, if you go out there and every day do your best, God bless you in whatever job you're in. And and I'll guarantee you you'll be promoted. You'll get an, you'll get some opportunities. Number 3, growth. Look at Proverbs 13. Verse 4, Proverbs 13 and verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now don't misunderstand that. <laughs> it, it speaks of growth. 
growth. Proverbs 21, verse 5, and I'll, I'll expound some more things here after I read this verse. Proverbs 21, verse 5, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plentiness, but everyone that is hasty only to want. The thoughts of the diligent, in other words, they're, 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 they're growth-minded. See, they build things in life. They, they build things. They, you know what? They work hard and they build a good marriage. They work hard and they build a good marriage by investing in it and finding out what their God-given responsibilities are and do it versus you know, making excuses not to. You know what? They, they build things in their career. You know, they work hard and they and they do a good job and they and they eventually get to positions where they build some things in their career. They they build fruitful ministries. And uh they're used in some capacity. All that happens is on the heels of hard work. There's growth. Number four, they get opportunities. Look at Proverbs twenty two. This was our verse. And we started with this this evening. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Look at the opportunities that the hard worker gets. He gets to stand before kings. In other words, unique opportunities to do some things. You know, Thomas Edison, if I could quote him again, made this statement. He said, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. (laughs) That's a good thought. You know, sometimes people think, oh, I'm looking for the easy buck. Guess what? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I believe it's by design that people who work naturally attract opportunities or they come their way. And I believe God provides them with opportunities to advance themselves or something of that capacity. In essence, what you see and I see here tonight through the scriptures is the sowing and reaping principle. You sow hard work, you reap fruit. You sow laziness, you reap nothing. It just kind of goes with the territory. Hard work sown will reap opportunities. In a very special way. Number five, appreciate they appreciate what they have. Proverbs 12:27. We saw this earlier, but it says here, the slothful roasted not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. They appreciate what they have. As we saw earlier, the the slothful person he's a great waster, and the reason being is it it, it translates this into they don't appreciate what they have or have received in a lot of cases. They invest no time and effort into something, and hence they have paid nothing for something just given to them. Now, it's one thing if you work hard and something's given to you, right? Sometimes God does do that kind of stuff, and I I appreciate it as much as you guys do. But if you're given something without having to ever work for anything, you'll appreciate nothing. You'll appreciate nothing, and everything will just become a waste. It'll be wasted. The diligent man has paid a price of time and effort. Sometimes we might say blood, sweat, and tears, right? (laughs) In some cases. And appreciates things more readily because he has invested, or she has invested, his time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears into something, don't you? You know, if it took you, um, let's say, for instance, 
your house and it's taken you a long time to to acquire that and you've acquired it and you've worked to pay it off and over the course of time, you want that house to stay up, don't you? Why? Because you've invested a lot of time working, maybe in a, in a position or doing jobs you really maybe would not have rather have done to get that, right? Of course. Our car or even just some of the things that you have. You appreciate the things you work for. The diligent man has paid the price. Because what we invest our time and energy into, we'll naturally have a heart for. And this is the fruit of the resolve that comes out of a diligent man or woman. And tonight, that's what we want to be, right? I mean, that's what the Bible says. It rewards, and that was my whole point tonight more than anything else. Is that we would grow to be the most diligent people we can be. In our jobs, in our families, in our ministries, in life. You'll get far more out of life by being diligent than being slothful and excuse-ridden. And that's what we want for everybody, is to get the most out of this life, because life is very short, as we see thirdly and finally the decision rendered. Life is very short, folks. And I'm reminded of that more and more every day. And we only get one crack at it. Some waste their time complaining what they don't have, screwing around with nonsense, they, talk, they complain about how bad of luck they have and they get critical and jealous of others who are making out better than they are. They blame society. They blame their parents. They blame anybody else but themselves. Yeah. Say, well, life isn't fair. Welcome to life. I'm thankful, at least growing up in school, I had teachers that would say that. I don't know if they do that anymore. But today, back in those days, wasn't that long ago, I did have teachers that said that. Life isn't fair, so get used to it. Not by a long shot. But we can decide to do right by God's standard. And that's all God is looking for. God knows all the unfairness that goes on, but he's the X factor. And he can override the unfairness if his people do the right thing. In this case, it's diligence. It's diligence. Hey, look. He, if we decide to do right by God's standard, he promises to bless the diligent man with good things. And that's what we've seen. You know, That's what, that's what the Bible has proven, time and, uh, verse after verse after verse. Not good to be a sluggard. It's better to be diligent. Because in the end, the diligent will be rewarded and the sluggard will not. Until the sluggard turns from his or her way, they will remain in that destitute spot. And as long as the diligent keeps plodding forward, they will be they will be they will be in a much better spot. Let's just put it that way. It hinges again, though, on our decisions. If we're comfortable with our excuses not to be diligent, then we will be stuck with its fruit. Because that's what God said is the fruit of it. We reap what we sow. The truth is on the flip side as well. If we decide to be diligent people, we'll garner the benefit of that. And that's what my, my whole goal is tonight. Let's garner the benefit of being diligent. But you know what? If we, It won't benefit just us. It benefits everybody our lives touch. You know what? It benefits everybody's life. And it brings glory to God. 
When you're a good worker at your job, when you're a good, uh, when you're striving to be the best uh, parent and the best um, best spouse you can be, that benefits your family. You you benefit it benefits the ministry of Christ, the advancement of the gospel. When you and I put our best for efforts forward, it, it benefits everybody. What does the slugger benefit? Nobody, not even the sluggard. The slugger just lives a miserable, excuse-ridden existence and wastes the precious gift of life they have been given. And we don't, and none of us want that. Not at all. It hinges on decisions, though. And that's a decision we're all responsible to render. What's our verdict? I like this quote from one of our former presidents, Theodore Roosevelt. He said this, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by the dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. And the underlying character quality in all that is diligence. Hard work, perseverance. May God help us tonight to be diligent people. Amen. Let's take a few moments and we'll stand to our feet. We'll have a time.